My colleague and friend Richard Cluche had a conversation with Liberal leader Rana Bakari, and the Liberal Party, as many of you know, has suffered through a number of public relations issues recently. And I want to let you hear a little bit of that conversation with Richard and Rana Bakari. My job right now is to make sure that our team is rising above this nonsense and we are sticking to the doors. So do I hear what everyone else is saying at the doors? Absolutely not. We're IDing vote. We're ready for advanced polls. We have a structure and um, organization out to get our polls out. That's what we care about. And frankly, Manitobans care right now about when they're at the end of their month and they're trying to make their bills. That's what they care about. They but care the about nonsense is system. that you can't get enough candidates right across the province. You've lost some, a lot of embarrassments. You've acknowledged that. But if you can't manage mm-hmm. that, how could you manage the province of Manitoba as premier? What I took was responsibility to actively remove two candidates, which Greg Salinger did not take that leadership, to remove a sexist, homophobic, racist candidate. I chose leadership. I chose to make that difficult decision. The real question is, how would someone who cannot even take leadership for his own candidate, for their own candidates, I took the leadership. I'm making tough decisions. I'm getting out there. I'm telling people that we're transparent. When we have an issue, we get in front of it. We talk to Manitobans about what happened. That's leadership. That's Rana Bakari, leader of the Manitoba Liberal Party. Chris Adams is with us this morning. He's a former pollster. He now teaches political science at St. Paul's College. Chris, is, 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 is Rana Bakari saying the right things at this time? We know she's in trouble. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, you know, that's, that, that horse left the stable a while ago. Yeah, so quite, the, the question now is, is she saying the right things to get herself out of trouble? Uh, she's having some some real problems every time she tries to get on her agenda. She's pulled off the agenda one thing after the other. And, I, you know, the, the, the party... Uh, took a risk when they when they uh, made her leader you know they want somebody who'd be a fresh face for the party represent different uh, parts of our society and and uh, but she you know she's the one um, leader of the of, include the, the greens as well she's the one uh, leader who's not really experienced in in uh, in running in, in politics so and that's starting to show in this election but it's not I wouldn't put all the blame on her um, you know, the provincial party has for many years uh, lacked uh, financial resources, and she's had to deal with that. Uh, she's uh, had to deal with uh, some candidates who are off message and, and to the point where they have to be let go. So she's, uh, she's, she's fighting the front on, on many fronts in this election, and, uh, and now we're really seeing the results now. I, you know, when it comes down to it, Chris, I want to get your thoughts on this, but I've always had this theory that Apart from the the people who are kind of hardcore supporters of whatever party they happen to support, that that ultimately when it comes down to election day, we talk about ballot box issues. I yeah. have a tendency to to think that people will vote for the for the person who looks like a pro. They look they vote for the people who look like pros as well, opposed to the there, there is something said for charisma, and uh, we do know in Canadian politics, if you look at survey data going back uh, a number of decades that uh, Canadian voters are more and more oriented to looking at the leader, not just the party and the local candidate. So they do look at the three things, local candidate knocking on the doors, and she spoke about knocking on doors in that clip you just played. Uh, secondly, they look at the, the party brand, and what had what was going for Rana in this election uh, is that um, 
um, Justin Trudeau just swept through much of uh, much of the ridings in Winnipeg last October. So the third thing is the leader, and, and it's her image versus Brian Pallister's image and uh, Greg Selinger's image. So, and I, I think she's uh, that that thing is is fairly tarnished right now in this election. You know, and. I think at the at the outset of this election, uh, Chris, that people were prepared to cut Rana Bakari some slack because yeah. a because she, the, the Liberal Party was enjoying a bit of a resurgence. Uh, she didn't have any baggage coming into this, yeah. and and so you know, and and I know that the her party, she and her party have implied that the media is being extra hard on them. But frankly, I think it's to the contrary. I would I would argue that if these gaffes had been made by either of the other main parties, that they would have been savaged by now. Yeah, yeah, I, I think, I think uh, Bakari is actually getting a lot of, uh, a lot of savaging right now as well. But, but uh, the media, you know, reporters have to report what they see, you know, and and if, if someone's not answering the question directly, it's up to the reporters to, to challenge the the politician. And so, we, we, what was unfortunate over the past day for the party, and I'm not partisan to any of the parties, but was unfortunate was that 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 uh, communications from Mike Brown to to uh, fellow candidate to the other candidates in the Liberal Party to to be careful with the media. And that got out to to uh, the media. And it, it did look fairly bad. The more the more a politician complains about about the media, the more difficult it, it, it becomes for that party or that leader. So uh, we saw this with John Turner, John Turner, when he was briefly the prime minister of Canada, he ran a very bad campaign in 1984 and the media savaged him and uh, you could see in the data regarding that election that he was treated a little bit unfairly every little mistake he made then the media would pounce on but at the same time that's just the reality of running in politics well this this isn't the first time that the liberals in manitoba have suggested that the media is is tougher on them than others they were suggesting that a lot of media outlets wouldn't criticize the governing NDP for fear of losing advertising revenue. I'm pretty sure if you were to talk to Greg Selinger and yeah. his people, they'd have a different version of that. Yeah, that was that that was a, a very naive statement. And having having uh, uh, worked on the marketing research side of things, I, I do know that there there are separate procurement processes for for advertising and uh, government services. But it it it, um, it was the sort of thing that that doesn't help your campaign when you when you start talking about the media hand-in-hand um, hand with, with the governing party. Right. So so given all of those challenges then, uh, Chris, is there anything that Rana Bakari and the Liberals can do to, to kind of restore some of the uh, support that they appear to have lost in the last couple of weeks? Well, part of it, Jeff, is, is uh, we do know that Manitobans often park their vote between elections, as uh, and then as they get to the election day, they start making a strategic vote. So that that seems to be happening regardless of um, Bakari's performance right now. That is, I think, I think voters might start thinking, well, do I want Brian Pallister to be my my premier? Or do I want Greg Selinger? And so as as that strategic decision starts to get closer and closer, it's harder and harder for the Liberals to hold on to their supporters. With that being said, you know, they, they have a number of candidates, and once again, I want to say I'm not partisan here. They have a number of local candidates who are of, of good quality, and I went through all the, well, now 51 constituencies where they have a, a candidate, but there are a number that, that are of good quality, and, and I think that would be their, their strength right now to try to win 
in those swing ridings where they feel they have a candidate who's knocking on doors and talking one-to-one. And if they can do that, they might be able to pull back some of their support and um, and bring in, you know, become official opposition status of four or five or six seats, more similar to what happened in 1990 than what happened in 1988. Yeah. Regardless of what happens on the 19th, Chris, this has been a tremendous learning experience for Ms. Bakari, who's really still a political rookie. This is her first provincial campaign. Yeah. If if on the 20th, if things don't go very well and they all sit around and blame the media for this, it will, it'll be a sign that they haven't learned very much. But if they do some real soul searching, if, thing, if things don't go well and they mm-hmm. do some serious soul searching, could the Liberal Party of Manitoba become that, that sort of serious player on the political stage here in Manitoba? Uh, they might, you know, they did have a, a, a f- they fell apart in the after uh, Paul Edwards stopped being leader and Jenny Hasselfield was the leader of the Liberals. They did have a, they fell apart in the provincial legislature with a number with a, a couple of their MLAs walking out of a very small party. So this wouldn't be the first time, you know, Jeffrey Simpson, who's a national reporter and, and political analyst, he's commented that there's discipline of power, and that is when you have power, you're able to discipline your followers and your and your members of parliament or your MLAs in this case, and your candidates. And as you lose, as power disappears from your hands, then you have a harder time. And we saw this with Joe Clark when he was trying to hold on to the leadership. We saw this with John Turner when he was leader of the Liberal Party. Um, So right now we're seeing uh, people coming out, um, speaking against, and, and uh, Bob Axworthy just recently speaking out against uh, against the leader. So it, it doesn't uh, bode well for the Liberals. But I, I think on the 20th of April, when we're all looking at, you know, the smoke clearing and what comes out, one of the big questions will be, did Bakari win Fort Rouge? And if she wins Fort Rouge, that really sets her on a certain path. If she doesn't lose, if she doesn't win Fort Rouge, then she's a leader without a seat. And, and then the party would probably choose somebody who, who has a seat or else uh, look around for somebody who would um, uh, recharge the party's fortunes. Chris Adams, thanks very much. Good to have you on the show again, as always. Thanks, Jeff. I always like talking to you.